beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. So when I began my podcast, just conspiring about the idea, I instantly knew that my first interview had to be this sweet, talented woman. She is an author, an entrepreneur, a wife, a mom, a motivational speaker, one of my Miss USA sisters, as well as a sister in Christ. And when I first moved to New York City and laid in my bed the night after I won, I was so exhausted, but I still laid awake staring at the ceiling thinking, wow. She was one of those amazing women that laid here and was on this exact same <laughs> journey. So welcome, everyone. Kristen Dalton-Wolf. Yay. I love that story so much, Sarah. I'm pretty sure I did the same thing. I was like, I'm epic now, too. <laughs> it was hilarious, right? You're running on absolute fumes you didn't sleep the night before but then you get here and the next morning you have like gma and yet i still was just thinking about i can't sleep yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. i know because because for us it's like we we look up to the women who have been before us and we're like and they seem so unattainable for so many years we're like can we ever be on their level and i don't know if i ever feel if it, if i ever felt like i really was to be honest <laughs> Right. Isn't that so crazy? You think, oh, wow, I I wonder if people think that about me. You know, I, mm. I have that too. And I think especially during this era with social media, yeah, you get tagged in all those things of which Miss USA is your favorite and oh, it's terrible. so unhealthy and so unnecessary. But thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited. Hey, but to <laughs> your point, though, it's – um. And we'll probably talk about this later a little bit, but I feel like when you're competing, you're compared to your competitors, right? And then you're like, well, if I can just win, then I'll be good. You know, like everyone will know I'm the winner. I'm the pretty one. Like I'm the confident one. But then once you win, then you get compared to all the winners. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the winners and then Miss Universe. Oh, yeah. Goodness. It never it's stops. An ongoing cycle. Yes. That's when we have to have that grounding, right? Which I so appreciate that you've been able to be a mentor to me in. Oh, Sarah, I'm excited to talk about that today, too. (laughs) So tell our listeners a little bit about what your background is and how you really became Miss USA and also a little bit about your relationship with the Lord. (laughs) I feel like this answer could take up our entire podcast. I know. It's like, will you please tell me your testimony and your entire life story? Go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Yes. So I am from North Carolina. I'm the oldest of four siblings. And uh, in my house, we were raised with three core components. Uh, Jesus, fairy tales, and Disney princess movies. (laughs) That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So I, um, I always like dreamed of being a princess. And I, I always love Jesus. Two of my lifelong dreams were since I was like three was to A, be Miss USA one day and B, to marry Prince Charming. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I was really lucky that, um, that my mom did raise us knowing about God, believing Jesus. We were in vacation Bible school, you know, youth group, Sunday school, every, every Sunday um, in church, mission trips, all the things. 
Um, but it actually wasn't until after I won Miss USA and I moved to Los Angeles. Like I thought I had the most, you know, solid relationship with God that I was such a, you know, amazing Christian. Um, but it wasn't until after I moved to Los Angeles, after I was Miss USA, that I was kind of going through this phase, which I experienced often in my life since middle school, really, I would go through phases and cycles of feeling really depressed. Um, and I was going through that again. Um, and I remember someone said to me for the first time that I really had, I'd, I feel like I'd ever heard it, but it, maybe it was for the first time that I had ears to hear. Um, mm. And they said, Kristen, don't you know that you are a daughter of the king? And it was like in that moment, my, the, the world turned upside down in my head. It was like that one of those paradigm shifting moments where you're like, wait, my whole belief system just got turned on its head. And I was like, what? First of all, I'm going to tweet that so my future husband knows I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, oh my goodness. No wonder mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be a princess. No wonder I've always loved royalty because that's what I actually am. And all along this whole time, through my whole life, through middle school, high school, college, I have been working my butt off to prove myself um, that, I am, that I am successful, that I am beautiful, that I'm confident, that I'm worthy. And it's been so exhausting and depressing. Um, and so I got really passionate about pressing into what that realization meant because you know it's the popular sentiment these days we see it on social media like you are a daughter of the king and it's like no but do you really know what that means for you and have you really pressed into like how that changes your life how that ch can change your mind and your heart and your spirit and the way you live and the way you feel and the way you think and the way you relate to other people and so um really that informed kind of my whole life purpose and what I'm doing now, because I believe that if all of us really know that we are royalty first, we are God's daughter, we get our approval from him, then everything we do um, is going to flow from that place. And it's going to literally change our lives. Thank you so much for sharing. So at what point did that moment happen in relation to your time as Miss USA? Uh, it was probably a year or two. It was like a year or a year and a half after I was Miss USA. Okay. Um, yeah. So I moved to Los Angeles and I was working in the entertainment industry and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going on commercial auditions where we all look the same. You walk in the room. It's like that. <laughs> it's like that La La Land scene where uh, Emma, Emma Stone, that's her name, right? Emma Stone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good yeah, job. I'm like really bad <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, she, I love her. She walks in the room and she's wearing this white blouse and a black skirt and then there's like 20 other girls wearing the same thing and um you all look the same you're all wearing the same thing and it's just mm -hmm. like you know how 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 do you stand out who are you and so much of your value your external value comes from everyone asking you this question of like what do you do or what is the last thing you booked right um, and uh yeah so I mean that was it was a great opportunity for me to, um, to get clarity and revelation on 
it's not about bookings. It's not mm-hmm. about, even though, of course, like if you're out, if you're out in Los Angeles or whatever you're doing, whatever your goals are, like, like those things are to be celebrated, but they don't define you. And there's a, there's Amen. a really, there's a really fine line. Um, it can be so easy to cross that line, especially when that's what the world celebrates. And especially when that's what's posted on social media. And especially when those are the questions that are always asked of us, like, what's the last thing you've done? Or what are you working on right now? Or what do you do? Um, but God asked the question, who are you? You know, mm-hmm. he's all about being. We are human beings, not human doings. So we got to like know who we are first before we even think about the flowing the, the doing, because what we do is going to flow from us if we just know who we are first. Absolutely. I can see in those moments where, especially I love that picture you painted of the casting call, um, because everyone that's being called to that casting call is there to hopefully fulfill a specific role. And of course, they all look the same, have those same talents. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I love that you were able to rest in your identity through him rather than that last job. And that's so crucial. And um, especially in our society with mental health and social media and having to state everything you've done or what's next (laughs) exactly. Like right now being asked, what's, what's after Miss USA for you? What's after Miss USA Mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. You know, being able to find a piece in the fact that there's not an exact answer, but that's okay because we know he has a plan. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. I didn't know that that turn in your life and really truly trusting in Christ and putting your faith in him happened after Miss USA for you, that mind switch. So I I wouldn't say it was my, that my trust and faith Mm -hmm. in him was the changing point. It was more like the identity shift, the identity Mm -hmm. revelation and, and like what relationship with God really looks like and what Mm -hmm. Jesus died to give us like more than just salvation you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, keep going. I love that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I know that you're now you're training girls like very much like myself. So when you look back at your time as Miss USA before that, that philosophy shift in your brain had happened, how, how do you help to train young women that are taking on that mindset now? Mm, so important. Yeah. Um, I'm so, I'm so passionate about this. My training or my coaching is called train to rain. And, um, kind of like how we were talking about earlier, like being in that room where you're looking at all the other girls and they're all beautiful. They're all talented. Some of them have a lot of the same characteristics as you. And so it's really tempting to ask that question of like, well, am I special? Am I unique? Because I think we grow up hearing that, or like we see it on Instagram, like you are special, like you have so much to offer, but then in the real world, when you look around, you're like, but do I, because this girl is already way far ahead of me doing the exact same thing I want to do <laughs> or this girl has so many of the same qualities but better so <laughs> am I am I really special like what do, or this girl has this really amazing sob story and I don't have a sob story <laughs> um you know or or um or I just feel like I don't have a story at all or I'm just so basic um mm. and so um it's it it's very important to me in my training of girls to teach them and to lead them into discovering the essence of who God created them to be. So not necessarily what they're seeing on the outside yet, but who they are in the spirit first. Um, Because we have a baseline. We have a reference point. I think that a lot of us 
Um, we speak these affirmations over ourselves to try to become something, some far off version of who we hope to be one day. When mm -hmm. in reality, we actually have a reference point. Um, we were created in the throne room. You know, it says before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. Um, and so I like to lead girls into realizing who that person is. Mm -hmm. Who were you created to be in the throne room? Who is that girl? Um, because no one can compete with that. But they can compete with it if you don't know it. And you can't own it until you know it. Oh, that is such a good line. <laughs> that needs to be up on my mirror every day. You can't own it if you don't know it. <laughs> That's it's fantastic. true, though. It's true, though. You know, we like everyone's all being like, you do you, girl. And it's like, no. First of all, you can't do you if you don't know you. Second of all, like, I feel like there's a sentiment that it's okay to just do you whatever you feel like but whatever we feel like it doesn't necessarily serve us or anyone else the goal should be to be whole mm, the goal is to be whole you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I love that and <laughs> I mean taking as far as trained to rain coaching girls is it for mostly is it target for pageant people or tell our listeners what your what your training is for yeah, most of most of the girls that I train are competing in a pageant or have goals of competing in a pageant. But I also have a lot of girls who don't do pageants at all. Um, mm. Because I mean, the training really does transcend pageants. Yes, um, exactly. It's that confidence overall. Confidence, knowing who you are, identifying like who God created you to be your purpose, your calling your mission. Um, your gifts, your talents, and then walking in it confidently, creating a plan of action, not only in real life, but a, a mental battle plan, a spiritual battle plan. Uh, gosh, there's so many things to uncover and really be successful in your life. Like we got to overcome stuff like insecurity and people pleasing and lacking standards, lacking worth, uh, not understanding how to set boundaries. Like these are the things that set a woman apart um, that really cause her to emanate that sparkle effect that ultimately wins over being prepared and polished. Yes. And on that note, listeners, Kristen, <laughs> just continuing to be amazing. She recently released yet another book, the third one she's written, <laughs> and it is called Just That, The Sparkle Effect. So Kristen, can you speak a little bit to our listeners about when you began writing that and why, or who's your exact target audience for readers? You're so sweet, Sarah. I love you. <laughs> and I love that you read it and that you posted about it. You are such a supportive Miss USA All sister. the time. <laughs> and P.S., you totally have the sparkle effect, which is just, uh, it was so like, just, I, I was so excited that you won Miss USA because I was like, Sarah is going to be my example all year of oh. what it looks like to have the sparkle effect. Um, and I remember, I remember sitting there in the audience, um, and it was down to the top five and I was sitting there with my mom and she was like, okay, but who has the sparkle? And I was like, Nebraska. Mm, that's <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. Uh, so yeah, I wrote the sparkle effect and it, so, okay. Basically the term, the sparkle effect comes out of my experience competing for Miss USA um, because even though it was a dream for me since I was three years old, uh, and I felt like, I really felt like God told me 
-hmm. And he laid it very strong in my, in my heart. Like you were going to be her one day, even though my circumstances didn't look like it. I physically didn't look like it. Um, and I certainly didn't feel like it most of the time, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I chose to listen to his voice versus how I felt. (laughs) And then once I won Miss North Carolina, you know, when you win, there's like this whole subculture of critics who kind of rank you and put you on their top 15 list or top 10. And I wasn't on anyone's radar or anyone's predictions list. Don't you love um, that? I love I, it. I really do. I do. And so <laughs> I, and I just want to say to anybody who's listening um, to your podcast, Sarah, that like, don't let that discourage you if you're not getting the hype or it, even if your family doesn't see it or if they don't get it, they don't understand your dream. Um, you need to really listen to that, that stirring, that pool within you. Of course, sound wisdom and counsel is very important and you do need to listen to the people who love you. But at the end of the day, discern God's voice versus your critic's voice, um, Mm. because that's ultimately what's going to get you on God's radar versus people's radar. And he always, he always, um, yeah, he always has his, his people prevail, So just honor him through the process. That's number one. Uh, Number two, um, (laughs) the night of Miss USA that I won, everyone's like, who's this chick? North Carolina. I never saw her coming. (laughs) Dark horse. (laughs) I'm like, I told y'all. Actually, I didn't. Um, So the head judge came up to me and um, actually Shandy, Shandy Fennessy, Miss USA 2004, who was one of my favorite Miss USAs at the time. She's like, hey, I just want to let you know that after they announced the top 15, all the judges leaned into me because, you know, they're celebrity judges. How do we know who to pick? All these girls are really pretty. And she's like, oh, you're going to see it in a girl. It's the girl who sparkles. And it's in her eyes and in her smile. And then after the commercial break, all the judges leaned back into me and they were like, we see who you're talking about. We see the girl who sparkles. And she's like, she's like, Kristen, that girl was you. And I was like, that story always gives me goosebumps. <laughs> me too. And I, you know, at the time I really, I had just won. I was like, well, praise the Lord. You know, that's awesome. Whatever works. <laughs> I didn't think too much about it. But then after, after my year and after I started working in the entertainment industry, I started going on auditions, judging pageants, myself, coaching girls, working in women's ministry. I started to see firsthand what she was talking about. A lot of people know it and refer to it as the quote it factor. Um, it's this like radiance about a woman that just causes her to stand out um, really in, in any capacity, whether it's competing in a pageant or interviewing for a job or mm-hmm. on a date with a guy or <laughs> uh, rushing for a sorority, you know, um, everything. It's like all the qualities that you think are so important, like, oh, my family needs to be super connected. They need to be wealthy. They need to be able to pay for all the things. Um, I got to have a huge following. I have to have the, the cool friends. Um, those things, like, they do, of course, they play a part in life, and we see it, which is why we think that a lot. But at the end of the day, the girl who ultimately rises to the top is the girl who sparkles um, or who has that that mysterious factor. 
But then I just started to kind of press in and ask questions like, what is that thing? I mean, how frustrating, right? For a girl to hear like, <laughs> oh, oh, like it's the girl who whatever has that radiance. And you're like, cool. So is that just meant for How do her? I do that? <laughs> yeah. How do, I, yeah. how do I get it? Like, is she born with it or is it just, you know, cover girl or Maybelline, whatever the ad is? <laughs> um, and, um, and so, so yeah, I just um, took a couple of years to, to do some study on it. Uh, to press in, to pray about it, to ask God to kind of do some qualitative research. And um, I wanted to demystify that mysterious it factor that seems so elusive and unattainable. And then I broke it down into the sparkle effect. And I call it the sparkle effect because it's not, a, it's not just about you. And it's not just about like, you accomplishing a goal. It's like, what are you going to do with it? You know, and sparkle emanates from you. Um, and, and it leaves an effect on people. It's about what are you going to do with it? What is the purpose through it? And we all have that sparkle within us because we're called to be like a light, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And we would not be called to be something that we didn't have access to. We just have to dig. We got to uncover the layers, you know, that this world puts on us and get back to the purity of who we really are. Amen. I'm so grateful you did all of that qualitative research and wrote it all down because you know I'm a big fan and I reference it even in conversations with my friends sometimes. I'm like, you know that part, the sparkle effect? That's what's happening right now. (laughs) Um, I have multiple friends who have then bought it for their sisters. And so for our listeners who are interested in learning a little bit more about themselves and their identity and their sparkle, where is the best place for them to look up to get their own copy? Um, well, they can get it anywhere that books are sold, but you know, Amazon is always the easiest. And if you have prime, it'll be delivered in two days. <laughs> Amazon is the answer for everything. They're truly taking over our lives. <laughs> it's so true, but gosh, no one really does it as good as them. I know. I know. <laughs> I need to invent something like Amazon. That's next for me. Oh, anybody. Heck yeah, girl. <laughs> Anywho, so I know earlier you mentioned, and if some of our listeners that don't already know you, if they caught it, you mentioned you're living in LA mm-hmm. and you have baby number two on the way. Yes, girl. When Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so excited. And Precious Aurora, you guys, if you don't already follow Kristen on social media, you must. And I love the social media y'all have set up for her. I love just going on and looking at your captions because it's so sweet. It's like a, it's a digital scrapbook for her to go back and see when she's an adult. And how crazy is that? It's so crazy and so true. I I mean, when I go to bed at night, I will get on her Instagram and just scroll through (laughs) and be like, so nostalgic. Like how I, I honestly do not remember her being a baby. I mean, she's still technically a baby, but I just don't remember her being an infant. You know, it goes by so fast, but the days are captions. They warm my heart so much. You're like today you did this with mommy or you felt this way toward daddy today. I just, I die. I love it so much. Oh, good. I'm glad you do. Cause I always feel like they're kind of like, you know, real quick, just so I can get the photo up. Cause she's so pretty. <laughs> well, yes, she's stinking adorable. Her eyes make me melt. Me but... too. Oh, you're such a proud mommy. I am. Oh my goodness. I'm a tired mom too. <laughs> now tired and amazing. So how is it? What's it like having a family in LA? Being from North Carolina, did you ever envision raising children in no. LA? No, girl. <laughs> no, I don't even know what's happening right now. I mean, 
Yes. My, my second child is about to be born. Actually, he, by the time you release his podcast, he might already be in the world. Um, oh. yeah. Cause I'm only less than six weeks away, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, Chris and I, we just bought our first home out here in LA together. It's just, I mean, we're so excited and it's awesome and we're so thankful, but it's just crazy. You know what, if we lived in North Carolina or Missouri, which is where he is from, you know, we would just have so much more space. Um, but it is really cool because my sisters and brother and I, we were all in, um, we all did modeling and commercial work since we were children in the North Carolina market. Uh, and I remember my mom always saying like, oh, I wish I would have put y'all in the Mickey Mouse club. I wish I would have <laughs> you know, moved out to LA. Like I wish I would have been your momager. Um, but she just didn't know how. So you know how I feel like we're, we're meant to like take what our parents did for us and then multiply the impact and like take it to the next level. Like my mom was Miss North Carolina USA. She didn't make the top 15 at Miss USA. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to redeem that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, I love uh, and in the same sense, I kind of feel like um, it's cool that I had that experience as a child being in the industry. Um, and now we do live in Los Angeles where it's like doing commercial work as an extracurricular activity for kids, you know? <laughs> um, so, um, so I am kind of excited about that, even though just the logistics of parking, driving, traffic is so exhausting, but there are a lot of benefits. And um, thankfully, a ton of Miss USA's move out here and we're like a, we're a sisterhood. And so, you I know, I've been, I've been trying to recruit you, girl, but we're going to have to wait. <laughs> maybe we'll see never say never right never say never so obviously didn't plan on having the family there but loving it is aurora involved in commercial work already she has three agents um oh, sweet <laughs> yeah she does but i need to update her photos i've been a, b- a bad momager um and that's hard too because they grow so fast they grow so fast and it's just sarah it is so crazy like I think that being a mom is 100% the hardest job I've ever had. Um, Yeah. like And most rewarding, right? Right? You know, I haven't quite gotten to that sentiment (laughs) yet. (laughs) I'm not going to say it just because everyone else does. Um, I'm sure I'll feel that, you know, soon. But... Um, but it is being vulnerable and real. It's just, it's crazy because you're the CEO of your own life. Right. And then you also are the CEO of your household. And then you're also the CEO of your children's lives and like making sure that they are being enriched and that they are healthy and that they're learning manners and learning about faith and Jesus. And gosh, there's so many hats that you put on. And, um, so I'm just excited. I'm just thankful, honestly, for our conversation today so we can have just a, a real talk because it's so life-giving to me. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. So we talked about having a family in L.A., but what's it been like being a Christian in L.A. as opposed to growing up in the South? You know, that what we so often think of. I guess North Carolina wouldn't be considered in the Bible Belt, but just the South. Uh, yeah, it is. It is different. But I, from from my experience, it's not I don't know if my experience isn't like the, what people might stereotypically think. Um, it's actually better and more exciting because people's, not that people's faith isn't genuine in the South, but it's like when you live in a place where it's not just the norm, mm-hmm. it's it's like a choice and you're making a choice kind of against the green, then the faith, the, the faith that people have here is, is just um, magical. 
and deep and rich and uh, magnetic and beautiful. And I have just met some of the most cream of the crop, like incredible people and friends and community out here in Los Angeles. And then when it comes to talking about faith, like, I think it's all a mindset. I don't, I don't feel afraid to talk about it. Mm. Um, I mean, the Bible says like, what can mere man do to me? You know? Um, and I have found personally that even being on set, just when you just talk about your normal life, like, Oh, this morning I was listening to a podcast and it talked about, you know, when I'm struggling in, I don't know, insecurity. And then it reminded me about like confidence in God. You just talk about it. Like you're in the makeup chair. People are like, Oh, tell me more about that. There's Mm -hmm. a hunger. There's a hunger out here for truth. There's a hunger out here for like, honestly, anything that's going to quench the thirst. That's going to like heal, be heal, healing and whole and, and life giving. And so anyways, my experience has been positive. (laughs) That's awesome. And I love how you mentioned like, that might not fit the stereotype of what most people think of living out in Los Angeles um, as a believer, but that's what it's all about is squashing those stereotypes. And I love it. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I am one of those people that would automatically Mm. just instinctively think as of LA as kind of a dark place. Um, So I love that it, it hasn't been for you and that you're being able to be that light. Um, but what's... Well, it can be a dark place, but the dark places are where it's kind of fun, you know, because then you get to be the light. Just... Light always attracts mm-hmm. light. So you're going to find your tribe and then you get to do something about the darkness together. Amen. I love that. I love that. What's your <laughs> advice, though, to people who haven't found their tribe yet? If they're in that dark place and they haven't found their light, as you said, um, haven't found their tribe, what's your best advice to them? Well, I just want to say that I have been in those dark places. And I have felt very alone and isolated. Like my tendency is to not reach out. My tendency is to, to withdraw Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's safer, you know, like connecting with people is scary. It's vulnerable. And there's a book called scary close that talks about it. I think it's by Mike Foster. Um, I haven't actually read it, but just the title itself Mm -hmm. speaks to, I think that feeling of putting yourself out there, but it's like, it's, it's brave and it's courageous to be like, you know what, I'm not going to keep living like this because I just, I just don't want to, Mm -hmm. like I'm over it. I'm, it's miserable. Um, I'm never going to walk my purpose. I'm never going to actually experience joy. If I stay at home and scroll on social media, more people are depressed and suicidal today. And teens are less engaged in sexual activity not because they're not sexual, but because they're at home by themselves scrolling on their phones. Mm. And that is a huge contribution to the rise of mental illness and the rise of depression and the rise of suicide. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say that, I mean, my advice is, is honestly getting over yourself mm-hmm. and getting over what people might think about you and getting over like your fear of being liked. Because guess what? Everybody <laughs> feels that way. Even a former Miss USA, even a person with a huge social media following, you think they have their ish together? Guess what? They don't. Actually, I shouldn't say that they don't because some people do. And that's awesome because we do need people who do have their stuff together so we can look (laughs) to them, you know, so they can be role models. But they have been there before, but they've overcome Mm -hmm. it. So I'm just saying that, like, you're not crazy. You're not a loser. Just 
just own it. Like even <laughs> just be vulnerable in the fact that you're like, I feel so uncomfortable being here right now. And mm-hmm. someone will be like, Oh my God, I felt the same way when I first came here. And um, here. so I would say like, go, go visit some churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't just like pop in. So, um, what I used to do is pop in and pop out, you know, <laughs> like I'm gonna come, mm-hmm. well, just that I'm going to come listen to the word, but I'm not going to, I don't want to actually like talk to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, like make friends. So, right. um, join, join a small group, like find a church that has a women's ministry, like a women's Bible study where you can plug in connect groups, life groups, um, things like that, I think are a good kind of safe way to start because, um, yeah, it's like a built-in group, you know, kind of finding, especially if you're living in a new area or if you're having a season of like, I mean, oftentimes it's true friends come in seasons. So if you're in between and you don't have anyone to kind of, you know, listen to you or to listen to them as well, um, just, I, I became a Christian in college, and so I ended up as a freshman in college church shopping all by myself. I would go on Sundays and kind of figure out where I felt at home and where I felt that I could go alone and be comfortable. I didn't need another person there with me um, because, you know, the morning after a Saturday night, most most college people wouldn't be wanting to go with me, so I needed to find where I felt the best. And then after, you know, they always say, come meet us here if you're new or if you want to join a connect group, come on over here. And so finally I just took the, took the leap and did that. And so that's my best advice to anybody that seeks that out to me. And I love that that kind of aligned there. I know you were talking about seeking help and whatnot, but I wasn't sure exactly where you were speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. I I just mean like, even if you're like, what I mean by that is I feel like we have this pressure to show up and Mm with a smile on our face and to look like we have it all together and to kind of fake it. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, on one hand, it's like, obviously I have social awareness and social intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but at the same time, it's like, you don't have to keep that up. Like once you're in a conversation with someone, you don't have to be like, act like you, you feel so confident and so normal, like in that conversation, you can kind of let your guard down a little bit and be like, it was, it was really hard for me to come tonight. Mm. That's what just like opens up a true connection. Um, and it takes the pressure off of you and it probably will take the pressure <laughs> off the other person too, because they're probably feeling the same way. It's when you feel like you're all alone in the world and then everyone else around you is feeling that same way. Exactly. Exactly. So Thank you so, so much from today and for your time and warmth. I'm so excited for all of the listeners to learn from your words of wisdom today. And I'm so grateful to to hear all your stories, whether it was for the first time or the second or third. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> never gets old, never gets old. Um, oh. Tell our listeners where they can continue to get to know you, whether that's your website or um, through training with you or social media. Yes, queen. Y'all, queen. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so my blog is sheismore.com, which I was just thinking, Sarah, so cute because our little things can kind of go together. She is more than a crown. Oh, my goodness. How did we not? Oh, wow. I (laughs) love it. That is amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes. I love it. So, um, so yeah, sheismore.com is my blog. And uh, for personal coaching, I do like um, monthly online workshops so they can join those or we can do personal coaching, which 
They can read all about that on traintoraincoaching.com. And then social media is just my name, Kristen J. Dalton. Holla! Yes, thank you so, so much. <laughs> go give sweet Aurora a hug and kiss for me. I and will. listeners, you can go follow Kristen and see when the baby's on the way. Oh, I love you, Sarah. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. This podcast is going to bless so many girls. Thank you.